1: The, go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select
0: faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal, valid when product served. Welcome to episode number fifty-eight of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry, Dustin Galker, Adam Candy are here with me at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy to ease. Know why, guys? You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Please go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate climbing up those charts. Helps more people find this here podcast, and we can talk about the we can preach the gospel of legalized uh, sports gambling and sports wagering and casino and whatnot. Here in this great country of ours, we will talk about California. We'll talk about what's going on with some stuff with uh, Sport Radar that was pretty interesting. We'll catch up on a couple of states. And, of course, we always have to talk stocks on this now because that's what we do on the LSR podcast. So we will talk a little bit about what's going on with DraftKings and that sale of that massive amount of stock. But let's kick things off here, guys, with uh, with California. This was something that, Dustin, you were – saying uh you know look I'm not going to say it's hundred percent dead I do not believe that this is going to happen but uh now you can you can confidently climb back up on your hill on your mountaintop and you can scream it
2: yeah we are officially not going to have uh California sports betting at least through through this legislative effort uh, in the states uh you know we've been talking about this for several weeks now that there's uh, this late effort came to uh, try to plug a, a big gap in the sport in the budget with sports betting. Uh, it, it ended up being too complicated to get done in, in in short time, even with the the backdrop of of needing to fill in the budget. So uh, the legislative effort is is dead for now. We're looking uh, now at possible referenda. Referenda through both the, the the tribes and possibly a commercial effort that would be led by uh, by other folks in the state who want to see it done the different ways. But yeah, for now, California sports betting is dead. San Diego and the rest of the state safe from falling to the ocean from an earthquake <laughs> as I predicted would happen before California had sports betting.
0: Adam, we're looking here. We know California. Massive amount of people, massive amount of sports teams, um, and every single one of the leagues. Should we maybe be looking down the road here? And, you know, everybody believes that sports betting helps with engagement. Everybody believes that it's going to help with television rights deals and stuff because the more people that are paying attention, the more that you can charge for the rights for these sports and whatnot. Is maybe the way that something gets done in California comes down through the leagues somehow?
3: It's certainly a rumbling that's out there right now, Matt. Uh, When you look at the fact that most of the professional sports teams in California signed up uh, as a coalition on a letter promoting the bill that uh, eventually was pulled by Senator Bill Dodd, they want it. uh, They want it. And they now saw that there is at least some political will out there. Uh, There wasn't enough to overcome the opposition to the bill this particular time, but there is some will to do this out there. Could they potentially put the money uh, behind something to do this on the ballot themselves next time around? Not impossible. I think we have to wait to see what happens, of course, with the tribal initiative that might be going forward, has a court date coming up to see if they're going to be able to qualify for 2022. There's an outside, very outside shot. They might still be able to get it on the ballot this year. But either way, I would definitely keep an eye on another initiative coming from whether it's the leagues or some coalition of which they're a part.
0: Now, Dustin, just a real quick, if people hadn't tuned in the last couple of weeks, just to give them a quick catch up here as to why were the tribes not happy with with what was currently being presented there in California?
2: Yeah, the big deal is uh, there's constantly infighting between them and the card rooms in the state who have, uh, have table games that they, the tribes say, operating illegally. That's kind of the crux of all of this, that uh, the, the tribes basically got, uh, you know, along with the tracks in the state, actually got the pretty good deal for sports betting that just let them and the tracks uh, kind of own this and the card rooms uh, in the state uh, would be cut out of it. So the, that, that's out there. That's that's basically what scuttled this bill. You know, if you took that part of it out of it and had allowed card rooms in sports betting, you probably end up with the same resolution of, of uh, the tribes wouldn't have liked the bill because they don't like giving card rooms, anything in the state. And with good reason, because they have a a pretty good thing going there in California. So when you get to talking about 2022 and and possible competing uh, ballot measures, it gets really complicated. Uh, I mean, again, this, this bill that was in California was pretty good for the tribes, at least on sports betting. They are really not going to like whatever the, the, the the leagues and anybody, any other interested parties try to put together to oppose them. Um, So, that means, in turn, that there will be a ma- it would be a massive effort by the tribes to, uh, you know, in terms of advertising, to try to shoot that down and pump up their own bill. And, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, we get to that world where there, we have two competing bills and you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a huge battle in the state of, of trying to get to which one of these bills would end up uh, being the one gets getting through it. And my money would be on the tribes there. Although, you know, if the, the leagues, the NBA, Major League Baseball and all the teams there really – are are really uh, concerted and try to get this thing going. And and obviously they have a lot of money to spend too, but the tribes have done, uh, are are probably going to fight this tooth and nail. It's going to, again, they killed a bill that was not too bad for them. Uh, And so if they, if they get to a a point where there's an even worse, worse possible outcome for them on this, that they're really going to fight that. So uh, it feels like we're a lot farther away from sports betting in California. Although the more optimistic among us will say that we have a shot at getting Something in 2022, sports betting going live in 2023, that might be the tribe's measure where it's all, all retail and not no, no allocation for online, which obviously wouldn't be ideal, but it, it would start moving the ball down the court or down the field toward having online sports betting one day in the state.
0: Adam, I know different states meet at different times and different frequencies and whatever, you know, giant state like Texas only gets together every other year. What are we looking at over in California? So kind of a realistic timeline of when this, you know, if if something new were to pop up that we might see this kind of get presented
3: realistically nothing's happening until the 2022 ballot. Uh, The legislature, of course, will meet every year, but you don't have the election to throw the ballot to throw the measure onto the ballot until we get back uh, another two years. Yeah, there's always the possibility of a supplemental ballot, but that's additional cost to the state that I don't think you're going to see. Keep in mind what happened with this bill. We saw it initially proposed as something that was going to bring mobile sports betting to California almost immediately as a means of helping the state budget, which is in a multi-million dollar hole because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Then as an olive branch, there were amendments proposed to the bill that never actually made it uh, to the floor before the bill was pulled, where that would have phased in mobile and you wouldn't have seen it live in any sort of significant form for two years. So now I think you're realistically looking at 2023 in California before any sort of large-scale mobile sports betting that would generate the kind of revenue that has had people so excited about California for a long time.
0: Dustin, we talked a little bit about sports radar on the podcast here, and with sport radar, sometimes the news that we were bringing forth wasn't always the best. It seems that that is also the case here with this story.
2: Yeah, this is an interesting one uh, involving, you know, we like we like talking about overseas f- uh, soccer, and this involves that uh, the Ukrainian Association of Football is alleging that Sport Radar uh, is collecting data from their matches without any authorization. Uh, uh, which is this is a, a kind of a problem across cross sport that uh, sometimes there's licensing for data and what's going on in games uh, that's reserved with a single single company often Sport Radar or its uh, major competitor Genius Sports uh, and here you, uh, the UAF has said uh, we don't want you doing that please stop they actually have a, an official official uh, data deal with another company the, called Feed Construct um, but they they they've uh, basically started pulling their hair out because Sport Radar keeps doing it. They keep uh, collecting data from the games. At least they are, again, they're alleging this. We're we're reporting what the UAF has told us. Uh, Great story by uh, Brad Allen over at Legal Sports Report. Um, and the sport writer won't give us a, won't give us any comment, but you know, uh, one of there's some pretty telling, uh, some telling exchanges we've been provided the email from the UAF, uh, and it says talk, taking account of the fact that your company does not reply to our emails on such matters and continues sending scouts to Ukrainian official and unofficial football matches. We consider your behavior as a hostile act and inform you that res- you that reserve a right to institute proceedings against your company. So this has gotten pretty acrimonious, um, not a great look as as kind of sports betting expands, especially in the U.S. Uh, Sport Radar obviously has a large uh, a part in, in what's going on in the U.S. as a data provider and a partner of a lot of the leagues and sports books. So, um, you know, this is the kind of thing you, you'd like to see cleaned up, and it's not exactly clear why Sport Radar won't uh, won't listen to what, what is, you know what's a what's a relatively small sporting organization, but one that clearly should be listened to.
0: Adam, we talked about data here, you know, a lot on on the podcast because there was a bunch of that that was going around in these initial kind of, uh, you know, bills that were getting floated about where the data comes from, should it be mandated as to where it comes from, different things like that. Do you think there will ever be, uh, you know, data fights over here in the States? I mean, we're still relatively new in all of this. I imagine as things start to mature, that maybe there's at least some sort of opening for there to be some uh, some skirmishes amongst data providers?
3: There's a possibility. Um, I think that you're beginning this market in a much different place than what you're dealing with overseas right now. But at the same time, if you just want to talk about data, I mean, data is the frontier of fights You know, going forward here whether we're talking about the official league data mandates that the leagues are trying to get put into laws, whether we're talking about the terms of commercial mandates or whether we're talking about this sort of thing of, you know, unauthorized distribution of data. Um, You know, there aren't that many players in the field for it to become a huge fight over time. But, you know, I think there, we have not seen the last of the discussions in the United States market.
0: We have mentioned Michigan, uh, Much more recent, much many more times recently here on the podcast than we had really focused on the state there because we didn't think that there was going to be up and running uh, mobile sports betting as early as it might look like it's going to be, Adam, while we're sitting here. And if you take a look at the article over on LSR and you see that the month that is listed, people are going to say, wait, what what are you talking about? But, yeah, it seems like we are uh, kind of fast tracking this. You know, Matt.
3: The interesting part about this, as talking about, it is something different than what we have in the past. Is that you're hearing it from the regulators themselves now. It's uh, our article talks to uh, the someone from the Michigan Gaming Control Board, uh, the Deputy Director David Murley, and he talked to our Macrodell about the fact that everyone seems to be working toward getting this launched sooner rather than later. End quote, and pushing toward October, uh, trying to get going realistically about what would be four weeks into an NFL season that starts on time. We of course have to wait to see what happens with that. But originally we were looking at having to wait until just about the Super Bowl, if not after in Michigan for mobile sports betting to start as quickly as the package came together. And sort of it was sort of the second attempt in Michigan at getting something through that it was not just sports betting, but a massive package with, uh, with iGaming and, uh, and some other, Um, some other pieces. Now we're seeing that they were going to make us wait until a year had passed. They didn't want to rush emergency rules. Now we're seeing that they might come back and be able to do this a lot quicker by getting it up by October. Of course, the pandemic, as with everywhere else, trying to get things done quicker on the mobile side because of the fact that you might not be able to have people in casinos the way that you have in the past, at least for quite a while moving forward. So, you know, for the state of Michigan, which is one of the more populous states in the nation and and could be one of the more interesting markets overall, this does seem to be a positive thing that you might be looking at October as your mobile timeline.
0: And, you know, Dustin, when we take a look at some of these other states that we talked about that are populous, We know big time sports going on there. We know there's a bunch of uh, pretty huge fan base, not only in the collegiate markets, but also in the pro sports markets. Illinois always comes to the top of the list. We talk about, you know, kind of dangling the carrots out there, these states that we are monitoring very heavily as to the activity is going to go on there. And uh, Illinois kind of uh, maybe leading the way here as far as skipping a step or two to get things going.
2: Yeah, we got our first uh, online sports book to go live, uh, Bet Rivers. This is a, a tied, uh, an app that's been live in other states. It's uh, a company that's based in, uh, has, has casinos in Pennsylvania, has launched apps in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and uh, also a couple other states, I believe Colorado, and it's I believe it's right live in Indiana too. Um, anyway, they have a casino in, in Illinois, clo- the closest one to Chicago, and they became the first online sportsbook so this is uh moving things forward even though again they're launching into a world without sports but we as we've talked about before the governor there uh, made an executive order saying you can now have remote registration which was a big sticking point in the original bill and the law as it was signed so now you can uh, that that one app who's open can now take uh, remote registration so you don't have to go go to the physical casino to sign up that means anybody in illinois can right now get an account And and could be betting again once once sports are kind of rolling. You could have an account not have to have to travel to the physical Rivers Casino. So uh, we don't have a sense of who else is going live yet in Illinois. But given this news that people are certainly looking to get live sooner rather than later, you know you don't want to just leave Bet Rivers out there as the only one who's uh, acquired customers this way. So I'm I'm guessing you'll see some more uh, more sports books going live in the coming. And months, we have the added uh, added part of uh, Illinois just announced it's open. It's, it's opening its physical casinos on July first. Or you can open your physical casinos. So that's uh, that's part of that. Again, some recent uh, some physical sportsbooks opened up right before the pandemic, and in theory, some of those could be live uh, as well soon.
3: You know, when we look at Illinois, also what's interesting about the market there is you know the executive order comes out and it's. Th- for the duration essentially of the emergency in Illinois for COVID. And, you know, it was originally thought among some folks that I talked to that this would be pretty quick, uh, that you would see uh, the window open and then the window shut. But when you look at the direction of COVID numbers across the country, not necessarily Illinois itself, but Overall, this window might be open longer than people originally thought. And the folks that I've talked to, I've tried to pose the question to everybody. Do you think FanDuel or DraftKings find a way in earlier than the 18 months that it seems like they would be locked out by having to buy a $20 million license? And the consensus, without any hard information, was that if they had to bet on this, they would bet on under 18 months. So, you know, you talk about who else might get in. I would say, you know, it's, it's likely you're going to see some of the bigger players before too long. And Rivers, by the way, looks like it might solve its one significant issue that uh, Richard Schwartz did an interview with our friend Joe Ostrowski on Chicago Radio, where he said they're about two to three weeks away from an iOS fix where you don't have to uh, go and get a separate app and install that, do a browser based thing for your Illinois online sports betting.
0: Yeah, Adam, it's funny how money can change people's opinion about things, right? It's never happened to me personally, but yeah, (laughs) I have heard that that's something out there. Yeah. Money is pretty, uh, pretty crazy how that works with everything.
2: Um, Yeah, Going going back to Michigan. I I mean, that's, that's part of, this should be a part of the narrative, right? Again, we we've seen Pennsylvania and New Jersey roughly double just their online gambling stuff aside from sports betting. So having online casino and, and poker and Michigan moving up to have online Illinois moving up its, its timetable of how you can do online. Like, there, this the whole narrative has been oh this hurts casinos if you have online stuff like this is clearly I mean this is clearly being viewed as something additive and a product that can help during a time of uncertainty when you know yeah yes casinos are reopening now but even in even in Las Vegas where you guys are we've seen you know people are, are getting a little worried their their companies are instituting mask you have to have a mask in inside the buildings even with the lowered capacity like online gambling is. it it, it just makes sense right now in this in this spot Uh, again this does not mean that a bunch of states are going to go legalize online casino and online poker that's not what this means but it should be you know if you're if you're another state and you're looking at these other states and how they're doing things uh, you should be learning something i think from that and and not being scared of of what all this means for the future and looking at it as an opportunity rather than something that's scary for your land-based business
0: yeah i mean we're we're we've talked about this before though. like you know it's not one of those things where we're reviewing this is like profiting off of the pandemic or anything like that it's just a it's just really offering your constituents offering your states offering your people something that they should probably have been offered from the get-go anyway right i mean it's not like we're saying like oh hey go profit off what's going on right now we're just saying like hey we've been advocating for this online stuff the whole time anyway and now it just happens to come out into the light even more as to why it makes sense well, it's proof of concept too,
3: Matt, right? Like if for, for anyone who was skeptical about whether this could work, then you're seeing it work right now. And I think you're, be, you're able to point to it whether you're a state that has retail sports betting and you want to try to add mobile or you're at a point where you're considering what to do from the ground up. I think you look at it right now and say, does it work? Are there significant problems? And you can look at it and see that it's been really a a savior to gaming revenue for a a lot of corners of the country.
2: And we, we all seen these, these viral videos of people waiting to get into the physical casinos too. Now, will that continue? I don't know, but that there's some, there's some pent up demand and there's some, some of that must have gone. Some of that channel must have gone online too. Like, the most recent one was there's this casino in, in upstate Pennsylvania in the Poconos. It's it's pretty small, but it had a, had a huge line of people waiting in, waiting to get into it. Now, that, that, that people, obviously, not every single one of those person people wants to play an online casino game. They they want to go to a casino, sure, but they want to gamble. And there's there's this demand out there that is not being met. Uh, you know, for the states that have not legalized all of these things, and uh, you know, Michigan will be the one that that, that, that sees that next. That there's 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 demand for this and and revenue that uh, you know for both for the companies that are based there and for in terms of tax revenue.
3: Yeah, Dustin, I think you might have to switch that to a coronavirus video for all those people who are oh. lined up waiting to get into a casino right now because that's probably what you're what you're headed toward if you're standing in line to get into a casino at the moment.
0: I mean, I look at it like this: I'm you know, I'm a dude that. I'm not going to go into a physical casino right now and play poker. And I read, I know poker is like kind of like the redheaded stepchild amongst the you know online gaming's world right now. But I am um, not going to go and sit down at a table. I understand that they're taking measures to to make sure that we're okay and some places are putting up plexi between the players and they're changing out the cards often yada yada i'm just not in a rush to go and sit down at a table with a whole bunch of people for hours on end and and breathe their air right now with the situation and the status that we're in however i will fire up wsop.com when i'm sitting at home and i'm bored and there's nothing on television because there's no sports and different things like that like i will actually do that, you know, and so like it is one of those things where Dustin, you, you keep mentioning it, but it really is just to drive it home. It's just another extension of your brand. It's just an extension of of your offerings because I would e- you would either not get my business at all because I am not going to physically put on clothes and get in my car and drive down and go sit in a five handed game at a casino down on the strip right now, but I will log on to your product and play from the comfort of my own home where I'm not actually breathing other people's air.
2: Yeah. And again, you're, you're like right now, there's nothing, not not that much to bet on. You're not like driving an hour to go sign up for a sports book account, but if you can do it in your underwear at home, absolutely. Right. Why like, why wouldn't you do that? Like if you just want to try it out and like, you're excited about, you know, Illinois sports betting. Sure. Great. Do it. That's, that's the, that's the the beauty of all of this. And uh, yeah, it, it really, it, you know, it took. It's it's funny and not not funny. It's sad actually. It took a pandemic to kind of make this obvious, and it it still only is obvious to people like us. It, this is not obvious to the world writ large. We will still have very few states who are legalizing all of this outside of sports betting. But it really should be. You know, uh, people do think that do look at Michigan and it's like, oh, that's the next step, and like we said that about Pennsylvania. Like everybody's going to start legalizing all the casino, and Pennsylvania's done it. That didn't happen. We did have Michigan at least join the club several years later, but. A, it really, sh- you do think there is at some point, everybody, it starts clicking with everybody and that these big companies, you know, MGM and Caesars that have uh, properties in these states and have seen the, the benefits of online gambling, especially in these uncertain times, you'll think maybe we'll, we'll certainly get, suddenly get a critical mass and we'll start seeing, seeing some more common sense about this and, and moving uh, gaming online more and more.
0: Adam, I am uh, wanting you to catch us up on a couple of states here. We talked about Oklahoma uh, multiple times here in recent weeks, but Georgia as well. You know, this was one of
3: those undertaker.gif moments here where (laughs) it's rising from the dead when we did not expect to see it again. Uh, There had been a bill proposed over on the Senate side for sports betting in Georgia that died in March pretty quietly in committee, never got a hearing, never went anywhere. And then the pandemic hit and shut everything down. And then Georgia ended up as another one of those states with a massive budget hole brought on by COVID-19. And that gave these bills. And I did put an S on that bills. Another chance. You have one that was the original one on the Senate side that, Might potentially legalize online sports betting in Georgia, get out of a Senate committee, get down to the floor uh, earlier in the week, actually uh, late last week and then advanced uh, early this week. And then on the House side, there was a bill moving through committee that is trying to put it to the ballot to ask about sports betting. That's because there are some constitutional questions in Georgia about whether you would need voter approval. Uh, the Senate bill attempts to route it through the Georgia lottery. I think that's their attempt to get around constitutional questions by essentially making it another game covered uh, under that entity, which is already legal. Uh, on the other side, you're talking about going a more cautious route with putting it on the ballot. Now, here's the flip side to that. The end of the session in Georgia arrives tomorrow. That is Friday uh, as we record this right now. So you would need a lot of movement very quickly for anything to happen in Georgia. but. It does portend well, potentially for next year when there's a little bit more time to work on this.
0: Pretty interesting because Georgia, one of those states with no forms of casino gambling whatsoever. And I actually used to live in Atlanta and one of their favorite pastimes was like breaking up, you know, um, was breaking up like poker games and different things and stuff like that. So uh, pretty interesting with Georgia there.
3: Uh, No doubt about it. And uh, Senator Jones, who proposed this, talked about looking at Tennessee as a model and said that, you know, the Tennessee situation where there are no casinos there either, uh, and it would be online only, was something they used to kind of set their bill up. Now, hopefully you don't follow the official league data mandate that Tennessee had, but you also see that the pro teams in Atlanta have been as vocal as any coalition of teams in any major market about pitching Sports betting. I mean, you've had the, the Hawks CEO, along with the Falcons out there, very prominently asking for sports betting in Georgia. So that's why I think when you make your list for 2021 of states that are most likely to pass something, Georgia might be right up there.
0: And on the Oklahoma side uh, of things, I mean, I I know that this was so confusing to us when things first kind of broke because it was people coming out and saying, oh, no, we can do this. And then people coming out and saying, no, you can't do that. And, and, and the back and forth here, why are we still talking about what's going on in Oklahoma?
3: The snarky part of me wants to just say good question, Um, (laughs) but you know, realistically uh, because we are about to see this situation go to the Oklahoma Supreme court. So if you haven't been following this Oklahoma situation, governor Kevin Stitt included what was called event wagering, essentially sports betting in the compacts of two tribes that uh, were getting theirs reset for future years. Now, these two tribes uh, were not operating you know, under the same auspices as the rest of the tribes in Oklahoma. In fact, when this was put through, um, when the compact was originally signed by the tribes and the governor, uh, these tribes were sanctioned by the Tribal Gaming Association in Oklahoma. So, You know, this was something that was kind of a a rogue situation in the first place, because you then immediately had the attorney general in the state saying, yeah, the governor doesn't have the authority to put something that's illegal under Oklahoma law into compacts. That brought up questions for us about New Mexico, where you said, well, New Mexico put, you know, essentially has it where it's an allowed class three game in the compact. The difference between New Mexico and Oklahoma is there is no law in New Mexico specifically outlawing this form of gambling the way that there is in Oklahoma. Now, the compacts were sent to the Department of the Interior, as they always are, for review. They had 45 days to review it. And the Department of Interior federally said, Yeah, we're good, and didn't actually say yes or no. Um, They basically bounced the compacts right back to the state without a rejection. And so the governor was celebrating this as, Hey, uh, sports betting could become legal. So we tried to contact the tribes about that. We didn't hear anything back as yet, but this is still going on the Supreme Court side, which is what you're talking about with the uh, with the news peg here, where the Supreme Court is going to hear the complaint uh, from the leaders of both houses of the legislature and the attorney general is involved in this as well, basically trying to figure out if the governor has the authority to do this. So that's what's up next in Oklahoma. Uh, I think at best, you're looking at a couple of tribal sports books in person in Oklahoma, being able to offer sports betting if everything goes right and you know in the state of oklahoma with the rabid college base that they have there that could be something that's at least interesting uh, nominally
0: at least we have at least we have things to look forward to here as far as uh, you know states that we will be monitoring in 20 at the as we come to the close of 2020 into 2021 uh some pretty interesting developments and of course everything over at legalsportsreport.com on all of those happenings dustin it would not be an LSR podcast of the pandemic without us talking about stocks and having to talk about DraftKings stocks in particular Uh, story that we talked about a little bit last week has actually come to fruition here and DraftKings has raised a bunch of money.
2: We're spinning off legal stock report. We'll look for that soon. <laughs> right. uh, right. but yeah, DraftKings uh, sold more than forty million shares. I like guess forty six million uh, or uh, Company raised a bunch of money from this, more than half a bi- half a billion. Uh, some of the old, uh, some of the founders and existing employees cashed out some of them out of the money. As you know, the, the stock has just uh, has, has really blossomed since we've uh, since it went through the reverse merger and and went public. Uh, you know, trading from the low teens to uh, upwards of forty at one point. You can get it at, at right now at the low low price of of thirty six dollars, which uh, is well off its high from. Uh, well above 40 uh, not too long ago so um yeah big uh, again the the drafting stock phenomenon is a fascinating one to me people it gets media hits like like regularly jim kramer was talking about it uh you know it's it's just it's just the topic du jour it's a, again i think there is definitely this phenomenon of people uh who who aren't, who aren't betting a ton on sports or who are moving on to stocks and if you can bet on it, if you can uh, invest in a, a gambling stock, then that is, uh, that is the thing. So, anyway, DraftKings, uh, you know, that is st- the stock is, that, that's complete. They have a bigger war chest, uh, again, from this, the sale of stock. And, you know, so it took a bunch of uh, the old, uh, old employees who have been there for a while, took some profits out. Uh, so good for them as well.
0: Adam, side note, LegalStockReport.com available on GoDaddy, $1 a month for the first year. So, I mean, for 12 bucks, we can at least hold on to that puppy for a year.
3: I will happily give Danica Patrick $12 of my money to <laughs> get that.
0: Yeah, legal stock report. We're going to uh, – I'm going to buy it when we get off the podcast here. Um, yeah, I kind of
2: want to do that as a side project, though, So Let's do it.
0: I
3: mean, you know well, what? Yeah. No, no,
2: no. Hold on. If you're going to do a <laughs> side
3: project, we need to get those shirts – we need to get the hashtag integrity fees and weaponized data shirts oh, so really so going, lazy. like fully, fully printed up and shipped out. And for other people are demanding this. And then we'll
0: also make a we love stalks and then we'll put that yeah, we'll put we love stalks and that'll be that'll live on legalstockreport.com. That, are you, be good, are you good
2: at Etsy or something, Matt? I need like an Etsy <laughs> account because I I need I need, I'm some, sure I need the, like sure Matt is great at good, Etsy. Like, no, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> I, I, I am not. I am the least artistic person you've ever met. Like my stick figures have scoliosis. Like it's impossible. <laughs> I can't like like I can't I cannot. Like I, I'm horrible at it. So No, I mean, um, I, mean I just
2: need I need the e-commerce part to get back to that and 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 you know dustin stock shirts
0: (laughs) you know
3: dustin i'm not going to call the person out by name but someone who was once involved in this podcast has a little side e-commerce business you might want to talk to him
0: uh, yeah. See, Matt, you get
3: that going there. Yeah, the yeah. interesting part, Matt, to add to what Dustin was talking about with that uh, upsized DraftKings stonk offering was that it was originally supposed to be 33 million shares, 14 million new shares and 19 million, as they call it, redistributed. So, you know, board of directors and some executives selling that other 19 million shares. Essentially, there was such interest in this that it was bumped up to 40 million a few days after it was initially put out there, 2 million more new shares and the rest redistributed. With this exercise, uh, should say, option to exercise an over-allotment. Uh, and without getting into boring details that I only know a little bit about, essentially, there were 6 million additional shares sold by those current stockholders. So it went from 33 million To 46 million being sold within a week. DraftKings ended up raising $620 million, uh, putting it in a cash on hand situation that, you know, at least is going to make it competitive with Flutter for FanDuel and Foxbet here going forward over this very important uh, 2020 NFL and beyond season.
0: And while we're bringing up Flutter here, again, we are not stock advisors. We do not recommend buying or selling or any kind of anything about stock here. But it is interesting to keep up with these things, especially with these companies as they become bigger and bigger behemoths in the market here. Interesting article over at LSR right now talking about DraftKings kind of versus Flutter stock.
2: Oh yeah, I was just—it's you know we've we've said this before. Like, if you're making a U.S. investment, Fanduel is clearly number one right now. They have the they have the best of the markets. Uh, doesn't mean it's always going to be like that, but you know uh, they do have uh, more of the share of handle across the markets that have online betting. So we had we talked to a research firm that. Uh, Looks at looked at Flutter and was like this is a better deal than DraftKings. Uh, like again, it's not a it's on a pure U.S. play, which is what some people are looking for. That Flutter has a lot of a uh, lot of international but uh, operations and, and gaming. Uh, but this uh, it is if you're looking to invest in U.S. like FanDuel and and FoxBet Stars Group, like the that's a, a compelling argument. And it, it it's been it's kind of it is weird for us to sit here again, not as stock analysts, but you know, stock analysis isn't exactly always exactly what makes sense in a rational world from from what's going on, but you look at it, be in the, in the better position. Flandle, Flutter, Stars Group, that and all the all the U.S. brands they have. This is a better bet right now uh, if you're going to bet on a, a single company to own the U.S. market. Well, DraftKings can DraftKings take that away from them? Sure, can they all remain a strong number two and and only uh, and only expose the U.S. Absolutely, but uh, it it is interesting that that Flutter has not seen the the kind of huge bump. Uh, as as DraftKings has again, this is more DraftKings being listed on its own, being listed at Nasdaq. The, the world we're in today, where where people are are looking at this and people are just enamored with uh, with DraftKings and what's going on. So uh, interesting read. Uh, again, we're we're not saying go by Flutter, but it, it is right now in the position in the U.S. As we as we usually say, FanDuel Flutter is is number one best.
0: And Adam, you know this is uh, we should. We should say that this is our article is based off of some recommendation or basically a report put out by a, a research firm that was basically just, uh, you know, taking a look at everything as its entirety. Right. I mean, like I think that kind of like Dustin mentioned, there is a lot of hype around DraftKings because it is, you know, American It is the number one leader in DFS, and so everybody was very familiar with the brand through all of that commercial blitz that happened a few years ago and different things like that. Maybe FanDuel kind of fell out a little bit, um, you know, as far as those people who – don't know the you know, nuts and bolts of the company. We, we certainly do, and that's our job to know that, but a lot of people don't. So just, uh, I think what they were trying to, to say here is when you take a step back and you kind of look at everything in its, in its entirety, uh, it's a pretty robust company uh, that Flutter's kind of trotting out.
3: Yeah, to further that point, Redburn is the global equity research firm that put out this report, and they listed four different points as to why they make their case for flutter Uh, they talk about the deeper pockets for the company because of course flutter is a more diversified offering overall they brought up some questions about the merger with sb tech they brought up some questions uh you know about sb tech if you remember going back to right before uh, everything was closed for the merger that sb tech had had some outage issues and also the fact that it might take a while to get everything truly vertically integrated for DraftKings. And SB Tech, we know, of course, the DraftKings is still working with Canby and that'll probably continue through close to the end of the year. That was at least the initial projection for getting everything, uh, you know, set up as one vertically integrated integrated company for DraftKings mm-hmm. and SB Tech. So, you know, it is something that was one report that I should say one uh You know, one bit of research um, that was out there you want to find out more, you can go to LegalSportsReport.com, see that article by Brad Allen. It's just a healthy discussion I think you can have. But go back also to what Nigel Eccles talked about in his Q&A with us a few weeks ago. He sees it as a duopoly, right? He sees it as FanDuel and DraftKings, DraftKings and FanDuel, whichever way you want to put it. You're looking at companies that essentially own two thirds of the U.S. market share right now, and it's going to be a challenge for anyone to break that hold, at least in the short term. You have no idea what's going to happen, you know, more than 12 to 24 months out.
0: Absolutely we and again, we keep bringing this stuff up, but i mean as as we've alluded to time and time again, I mean, this is national news here. This isn't even just in our bubble here. This is things that we're seeing on uh articles being written on just general websites. We're seeing it making into t v and and things like that so uh certainly something we are are interested in because it is in our bubble, but uh this is something nationally that people are paying attention to. I was in California over the weekend with. Uh, Some buddies and one of his one of his brothers actually was talking about how he had bought a bunch of DraftKings on the Robinhood app, right? And like he had never bought stock before in his whole life, and he had bought a bunch of, of DraftKings stock on the the Robinhood app because he heard that DraftKings was offering stock to people. And so like if that gives you any kind of indication as to who may or may not be you know, really kind of leading this charge here on the the DraftKings stock stuff is people maybe, as you kind of alluded to, Dustin, that maybe have never even done it before in their whole lives, but we're just familiar with the brand in general.
2: Yeah, I have the same, I have a similar story where one of our employees, their son uh, apparently invested a bunch in DraftKings and she was like, should I be worried about this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's it's (laughs) kind of crazy crazy right now, but it's the, the, that that is what is happening out there. And just to put a punctuation mark on all of this, the, these are also not just we talk about them as sports betting companies. They are now far more than just sports betting companies. Right. They are online casino companies as well. This is underscored by the fact that DraftKings released a, a standalone online casino app in New Jersey. Fandle did its standalone casino app in Pennsylvania. These both these happened simultaneously this week. And this uh, again, this is there's more money in that in the states that they open in, and And DraftKings and Fanduel have both done very well. In this part, uh, this as well, you know, expanding their their offering and not having it just be a little bit of their sportsbook app that sh- that should help things. And you know, part of the play here is 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 the larger online gaming uh, world that's out there in market that's available in the United States. They'll both be in Michigan as well. So um, you're, you're not you're looking at these companies as they could you think they can compete and should compete with uh, you know the bigger casino companies because they are on these are online first companies and. They have a, uh, you know, they've already seen success in some markets and uh, they're going to continue to see that. So,
0: Yeah. And that story again, uh, full over at LegalSportsReport.com. Be sure and check that out. That and everything that we talked about here on the podcast today, guys go and follow Dustin and Adam on the Twitter machine at Dustin Galker at Adam candy. That is two E's. No why? if you want to follow me, I don't know why at Matt Brown M two. subscribe, rate and review on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google really do appreciate all those helps us climb up the charts over there. We'll have some uh, pretty interesting news and more sports books going to be launching in Colorado next week. I'm sure we'll touch on that. Maybe and have some other uh, follow-ups to the things that we talked about here today for Matt. Dustin. Yes.
3: Matt, you well before you sign off, you forgot to give people your Etsy shop.
0: Oh, uh it's legalstockreport.com, which I'm Thank about you. to. Great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Le- yes, yes. Uh, it's it's right there for it's I might even get your stock report and stock report online. I see that they are all available. So just yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, scoop it scoop it all up there. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.
1: The, go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your
0: select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Combo meal valid when product served.